Well, good morning. I'm Jeff again, and um, I love that. I love that song. I love that video. I love that idea. Um, that's Audrey Assad, by the way, if you want to look that up, um, make that part of your Christmas uh, a playlist. Um, you see, Advent means the coming. The season of Advent, these four Sundays leading up to Christmas, it's leading up to this recognition that the greatest message of our world's history, the greatest message of our year is that Christ has come, that he's coming. And the lyrics of that song were saying he could have come like a mighty storm with all the strength of a hurricane. He could have come like a forest fire with the power of heaven in his flame. He could have come like a tidal wave or an ocean to ravish our hearts. He could have come like a roaring flood to wipe out all that we've scarred. But instead he came like a winter snow, quiet, soft, gentle. The love of God was manifested in the Advent church. That's why we light and celebrate the, the love candle one Sunday out of Advent every year because this coming of Christ is about the love of God. This is how God came into the world in a loving and gentle way in order to communicate his love and heart for the world. And that's the sweet good news that we celebrate. He came in a manger of all things. When you stop and you picture and you think about it, and we've seen mangers, we've seen pictures, we've seen uh, um, you know, demonstrations, we've seen models, we've seen all kinds of stuff. And it's just hard to get our minds around what exactly a manger was. Or, but the fact that God chose to come into this world in the form of, of human flesh, but in the form of a baby to people in poverty, to that time of the world, it was all part of God's plan to manifest himself that he was going to be on this tender journey with us, this journey of manifesting his love toward people in the world. I know that this is the main reason why God came because it's in the most famous verse in the Bible and you know it uh, pretty well probably, even if uh, all you've seen is on TV at a football game. It's John 3.16. John 3.16 says, this is why he came. For God so, What? Love, that's it. This is why he came. He loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The next verse talks a little bit about that God sent his son. So he sent his son. He gave his son. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. He so loved the world. God loved the world. And so he entered it. He came. That's his motivation. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Out of his love, he was giving us what we need. Isn't that great news? Trying to grasp Advent without seeing it as an act of love, trying to grasp Christmas without seeing it as an act of love of God toward people is like trying to, is like trying to picture Christmas morning in your home with jammies and grandbabies and presents and wrapping and donuts and coffee. And it's, try, it's like picturing that and saying, this is something that we have to do. It's a perfunctory task. It's like taxes, it's like April 15th. That's, we have to do it. We might as well get it over with. Nobody feels that. There's a sense of beauty and romanticism and depth and mystery to that experience. We can't celebrate Advent without celebrating the love of God come down. This isn't just a concept, friends. This isn't just rhetoric. This isn't just this, this words we use, like, for God so loved the world. That he, no, no, no. God's so passionate. God is so delighted in his creation that he came. 
And so we want to talk this Sunday, Art talked last week about the fact that the um, God with us and Christ in us is the hope that we need. This Sunday, we want to talk about the fact that God, in it, God with us, Christ in us, is the love that we need. And we got to get our heads around this love. I'm, my prayer for you is the prayer that, that Paul had for the Ephesian church when he, his, his desire, he said that you might have uh, the power of God, the ability with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That's my heart, that you would have that ability to understand God's love for us. So to understand Christmas, to understand Advent, his coming, it's to understand that this is the love that we need. This is the love that we need. So trying to grasp that, let's examine some biblical truths about why he came. I started to search through the scriptures this week, looking at, so why did he come? Why did he come? And is all these manifestations of God's love for us. So first, he came to ransom us. This is the love that we need, that he has come to ransom us. What a powerful word that is. He has come to ransom us. That's in several places through the scriptures and other related words, rescue us or restore us. But ransom, that's a pretty intense word. He's come to ransom us. Look at this text in Mark chapter 10. This is Jesus's words. He said, for the son of man, that's him talking about himself and using a a term of the Messiah. For the Messiah did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Already, do you see the tender love of God that he came out of love for us? He didn't come to be served, lording it over. He came to serve us, to meet our needs and to give his life as a sacrifice, as a ransom for many. That's a powerful reality that the motivation of God was to come out of love for us. That idea of ransom is so beautiful and so powerful. Uh, Many of us uh, support a ministry called International Justice Mission, and our church does, and uh, many of you might be Freedom Partners with IJM, Monthly Giving, so this is an organization that uh, works both to rescue people out of slavery or trafficking or to prevent them from going in and also to change systems and governments. They have lawyers that work with them and police officers that work with them and they rescue people that are stuck, not able to rescue themselves either in, in, uh, in um, sex trafficking or labor uh, slavery and so forth. And this is an amazing organization. And reading in a newsletter, this is a, a story uh, out of Ghana. Let me read it to you. An, Anita Boudou from IJM Ghana anxiously watched from the deck of the boat as the horizon began to lighten with the sunrise. Much more time and her team might be noticed by the fishermen enslaving children in the area. Much more time and they might miss the opportunity they had so carefully planned for to rescue children who had been forced to work as slaves on fishing boats in this massive, on this massive lake. Her colleagues in the rescue boats disappeared from Anita's sight around an island that loomed between her aftercare boat and the fishing area. She again lost contact with the rescue team, signal blocked by a mountain on the island. After the longest silence, her radio crackled. Children's boat, please prepare to receive 10 children. As little children stepped into her boat, Anita and her team welcomed them one by one. On being rescued, one sweet 10-year-old voice burst out with song. I've got joy, joy down in my heart. I've got joy, joy down in my heart. He was soon joined by the rest of the children singing with their new truth. Look what the Lord has done. Jesus has come and set us free. I've got joy, joy down in my heart. 
IJM Ghana, in partnership with the Ghanaian police, rescued over 30 children from slavery on Lake Volta that day. And then IJM lawyers in Ghana got to work to make sure the traffickers who tried to steal their lives didn't get away with it. And in the days that followed their rescue, the children slept and ate warm meals and played and shared their stories. And they began to understand that they were free from the life of abuse that they had known. That's a picture of ransom. And the fact that that child got that the author of a ransoming ministry who came to set us free was Jesus and saying, I've got joy, joy, for Jesus has come and set me free. It's the love of God who came to the earth to set us free. It's a powerful act of love to pay whatever costs to do whatever it takes, to go whatever lengths, to set someone free from bondage, the bondage from which they were helpless on their own to extricate themselves. They were helpless on their own to extricate themselves. Friends, that's the human condition, that we are helpless on our own to extricate ourselves from our sinfulness and our brokenness and our separation from God. The ideal of who God made you to be has been marred. I'm sorry to tell you that. I want to be politically correct and tell you you're beautiful and perfect. You know what? You are beautiful and you're loved, but you're not perfect. And Jesus has come to set us free from bondage to decay, from bondage to death, from bondage to separation from God and to be invited, restored, rescued out of having no way out of that kind of life. And through Christ being able to enter into a relationship with God moving toward who we were created to be. Is that not good news? He came to ransom us, to set us free from that which helpless on our own, we could never extricate ourselves. And look at this verse in Romans chapter five. I took it from the message. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and he doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. Do you see it? We we couldn't help ourselves. Look at this next sentence as well. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. In other words, friends, on our own, we can't live the life that we were called to live. We can't be the people we were called to be. We can't transform ourselves into the godly people that only God can transform us into. We wouldn't know what to do even if we had the power to do it. And then that second sentence, we can understand somebody dying for a person worth dying for. We can understand how someone good and noble might inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But look what God did. Look at the next verse. But this is what God did. Like we can understand some kind of a sacrificial death, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. Your version might say, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ sacrificed himself out of love. Unconditional, one-directional, pure, unending love. That's what he did to set us free. Man, that's good news. He came to ransom us. And he did it for no other reason except that he is fiercely in love with his creation. This is the love that we need, church. 
a ransoming, rescuing love. This is the love that we need because we were designed to be in a relationship with our creator. We were designed to be in a relationship with our heavenly father. We were designed to be in a relationship with God himself and none of us are capable of it without being rescued and set free from our sin. And that's what Jesus did by going to the cross and offering forgiveness. Man, that is incredible news. And that ransom, that restoration, that rescuing, that saving, that's what we need Thanks be to God that he loved us enough to come, that he loved us enough to come to the earth for our salvation. Have you received it, by the way? Have you received it? Have you received the the rescuing of Jesus? It's an act of faith. It's the thing that we talk about all the time. We're all on this journey together, moving toward Christ, but there's also this line where we go, man, I... I'm stepping over it like I want it. I want Jesus' forgiveness so that I could begin a relationship with God. If you're at the beginning of your spiritual journey and haven't taken that step, even right now, as I talk about it, if you're like, ah, I want that, that's it. That's the faith that's required to go, okay, you're in. You will begin the journey with God even today if that's what you long for. And happy and prayer team members are happy to talk about that afterward if you'd like to talk more about starting that relationship with God. Oh, good news. He's come to rescue us. Thanks be to God. That's the love that we need. He's come to rescue us. Second, he's come to adopt us. He's come to adopt us. Oh, I love that, uh, that idea, that, that picture of adoption. I know Ben's written a few times lately in his blog, Pastor Ben, about this idea of adoption, the concept of being adopted into the family of God. This very simple verse in John chapter 12. Yet to all who, re- uh, John chapter one, sorry, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, that's that step of faith I was just talking about, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans says that the coming of Jesus brought about our adoption to sonship and to daughtership. The coming of Jesus brought about this opportunity for us to be adopted into the family of God. What a powerful act of love to be invited into belonging and connection and family. What a powerful vision of love that we'd be adopted and we'd be invited in, not because we were flesh and blood, not because we deserved it, but because he said, I want you to be in my family. Come be in my family. I mean, think about how powerful that is. That's powerful on a couple of levels. I mean, that's, that's powerful on one level that just to be engaged in that family of, of God, to be part of the family is an incredibly uh, loving thing to do because every one of us longs for connection and not just not just connection, connection, not like just on the human level, even at its best, but we long in our souls for a connection with the God of the universe and his people who are living in fellowship together. We long for that depth that we're part of it. This is why even the world uses words like we're part of the human family or, or something like that, but we know that we're part of this kingdom of God, the fellowship of believers. We're invited into God's family. That's amazing. That's such incredible good news. Our soul longs for that. You know, because you know what it feels like just to be connected on a human level, don't you? I mean, you know how powerful that is. Every one of us wants to be connected on a human level. It's one of the reasons why, by the way, whether you've got a great family or a not-so-great family or a middle-of-the-road kind of great family, that it doesn't quite satisfy your need. Have you ever wondered why family continues to be frustrating? It isn't just because you got your dysfunction from your mom and so she pushes all your buttons, but that's a big part of it. It's not just that. It's also because God has put in the soul of every human being a longing 
to be connected to our heavenly father and to be children of God. And our family's never going to rise to that level of satisfaction. Even in the best family, it's going to be, my family's awesome, but this is my identity. I'm a child of God. And so we're being connected um, by being uh, in God's family. So it's powerful because of this idea of being part of God's family. That is always so powerful. Man, it's so great. I, sitting in the front row, by the way, it's just so incredible to see, well, whether I'm in the back and lobby or the front row and to see people come give their offerings or to see friends come give me hugs or whatever. It is so powerful to be in church together. And I know as your circle of, of relationships are growing, the longer you're in this fellowship, it is so rich to be part of God's family together because of this spiritual dimension that happens when we're connected to one another. My son has uh, just got his, uh, is just in a third interview for a job that he's applying for. And he's the only one on the payroll. Well, he's not even on the payroll. But, you know, he's the only one still like, you know, ready to, to launch. And we're just so excited about that. But here's the beauty of that. The beauty of that is I can't tell you how many people this week have said to me, how's that job? interview going. I've been praying for Tommy and for his job. And for those of you that didn't know, like, right, no guilt or whatever, but there's this, this connection of families that live together and hurt together and wrestle together. And, and, and the, the, the numbers of, of, of interconnectedness in the body of Christ is a rich thing that our souls are like, God has adopted me into his family and we're living this life together. And it's so rich because we're the children of of our loving Heavenly Father. Oh man, it's so good. So that's one reason why this, this being adopted is so powerful. The other reason why being adopted is so powerful is just simply this, because the, the, the image of adoption is about you get picked. We want you. God's like, I want you. And you're like, yeah, but there's all these people. And then there's these people that are kind of more naturally like you. And then there's these people that, you, you know, like there's people way more worth, worthy than me. And he's like, no, no, I want you. I want you. I mean, the, the, this crazy reality that if God was manifested in this room and he came in and he said, listen, I got to talk to you. I got to tell you. I got to tell you how much I love you. I got I to interact with you. We all think, well, he would talk to the person next to me who's doing worse than me, or he'd talk to one of the pastors who's probably doing better than me, although there's no way of knowing, right? We'd all think there was something else going on there in this story. But what would happen is he would come in here and time would freeze and he would say, Mark, you, man, I pick you. It's your life that I care about. It's your heart that I want to hear. It's your face that I want to see what's happening in you. It's, it's you I want to touch. It's God. He's adopted each one of us into his family, and that's a powerful reality to our souls. We were created to experience it. He came, it says, to adopt us into his family. And that's an act of love, church. Do you know you're picked by him? Do you know that he's chosen you to be in his family? And will you receive that unconditional love of a father who goes, stop it with all your shame. Stop it with all your, your self-flagellation. Will you stop it with all the what you're not worthy? I pick you. I'm delighted in you. That's the good news of this God. Oh, I love that stuff. This is the love we need because every human being is created for belonging and belonging to the family of God. Thanks be to God that he came and made that available. The love that we need. He came to ransom us. He came to adopt us. Third, he came to lead us. He came to lead us. What a generous act of love that he doesn't want to leave us out here. Like he may have ransomed us and he may have adopted us, but he hasn't left us to be like, and figure it out, man. It's hard out there. Good luck. 
That's not what he's done. When you look at what the scriptures say about why he came, why was his advent uh, necessary, it's out of this love that he would come and lead us. What an act of generosity that he wouldn't leave us to stumble our way through life. Look at these two significant verses in the book of John. One, these are both Jesus speaking. I've come that they might have life. Remember we're talking about why did Jesus come? Why did he, what was his advent about? This is because I want them to have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd, he says in John 10, verse 10 and 11. I'm the good shepherd. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna shepherd them and I'm meaning I'm gonna lead them, I'm gonna take care of them and I'm gonna get them to life as it was designed to be. Is that not incredible news? We spend our whole lives trying to figure out what's life about and what am I going to be about and how am I going to guarantee that I'm going to minimize my risks and maximize my opportunities and not miss out on something. And He goes, I'm the good shepherd. I'm good and I'm your shepherd and I will lead you to life at its fullest. Frankly, honestly, I don't know how people do it without Jesus. I don't know. I... Maybe it's been too long for me, right? Maybe it's been too long that I've just said, I'm all in, man. Like, that's true. That's got to be it. If that's not true, I'm screwed. I mean, I'm all in on this. I don't know how people do it without believing that our good shepherd goes, out of my love for you, I will come and I will lead you to life. Life as it was designed to be for you. Not life as it was designed to be according to this 32-step process of religion. It's life for you, Annie, as you were designed to be and to live it as God had in his mind from eternity for who you are and who you can be. That's incredible What a generous, loving thing. And then this other verse, same thing. I've come into the world as a light so that anyone who believes in me, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I won't leave anybody in the dark. Some of us have felt like we've lived so long in the dark that we've lost some hope of whether or not, in fact, he's a good shepherd. But the promise is there that anyone who follows him will never be left in darkness. But in another place it says, but we'll have the light of life. He's come to lead us and to not put us in a dark room and go, man, I hope you don't hurt your shins or worse, figure it out. This, my friends, is where the rubber meets the road, this idea that he is a shepherd who will guide us to life and bring light into our darkness because either it's true and he does or this is hogwash. This is a God who longs to speak into your daily life, right into your journey and say, follow me and watch the life that will come. And if you're like, I don't know, I just realized this, I'm gonna give you a commercial. If you're like, I don't know how that works, I don't see how that works, we're gonna do a class called 201 right after MCCU in February and that's gonna be the thing, how to walk with God, it's gonna be the class. We did 101 in the fall. What is this Christianity about? 201 is how do we walk with God? How do we walk with the shepherd who wants to lead us? But I wish, it would sound like I was bragging if I could just start parsing 
And I'm happy to do it one-on-one so you could kind of get a sense of what it looks like for this kind of a relationship. But it would sound like I was bragging if I parsed my last week and all the places that I heard the whisper of God and all the ways in which he didn't leave me in the dark, but brought me to the next place, spoke to my life, directed me, brought life into me from what I did with my day off to a, I was having lunch with my friend Mark and, and God just kind of zapped me with a couple of ideas. And I'm like, Mark, I think God's like prompting me about something. And I said, here's something I want to be and do for my wife. And he's like, that sounds like God. I'm like, that probably is God. And so I'm like, I'm all in on that. Like, I'm going to be, this is, this is my tender heavenly father, my shepherd going, you're like a C student with your wife, bro. That's what my savior said to me. And he's like, here's a way to love her. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just see if you can figure it out. See if I... <laughs> and so I committed to Mark. I said, hold me accountable. This is my commitment I'm making between you and God. This is who I'm going to be. For the next 30 days, I'm going to be this person for my wife. This is something that I think God wants me to be about. And I feel the love and the compassion of my heavenly father going, you can do that, man. And I have my, Mark, my friend Mark across the table going, I don't know if you can do that, but I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> This is where the rubber meets the road. Will the shepherd, do we believe that he's a good shepherd who will guide us to life at its fullest and turn on the light so that we're not left in darkness? And some of you experience true darkness in your journeys and even this year. But we're believing that the shepherd leads us out of that into light. That's why he's come. This is the love that we need that we're not left alone, we're not lost. Thanks be to God that he'll lead us to life as it was designed to be. Are you following him? Are you listening to him? Are you leaning your ear into the Lord's word and into his spirit, into your life, into your daily journey and saying, God, my shepherd, my good shepherd, turn on the light. What do we do today, my father in heaven? That's, a, that's an exciting journey. He came out of love to lead us. And last, so he's come to ransom us. He's come to adopt us. He's come to lead us. And he's come to be with us. He's come to be with us. Advent is God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. That's what we celebrate. That's what we're lighting the candles for. We're anticipating this moment in our season of worship during the year where we celebrate, yes, God is with us, not on Christmas Day, not during Advent season, but fully God is with us. That's the reality that we celebrate, that he's a with us kind of a God. And that's embedded in the other stuff that I've talked about here. But I want you to see a couple of things real quick. John 1 14 is just this really simple verse. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is John's kind of Christmas story, just saying how the word became flesh and blood. Eugene Peterson, I've quoted it before in his translation of the message, says the word became flesh, this is Jesus, the word, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He came to be with us. What a generous act of love that our God would come and be with us on this earth and now through his spirit continue to be present and to be with us inside. But don't miss the loving implication of that truth. He believes that you're delightful. He believes that you're worth spending time with. He believes that you're worthy of his presence. He believes you have something to offer and being in relationship with him pleases him. Isn't that a great loving thing to do to come and be with you? Because he's saying, it's you I want to be with. He delights in you. 
I love this image, this image that your picture's on his refrigerator. And as the angels come over for tea or however it works, he's like, have you seen Sabrina? I love her. And I love who she's becoming. And I love what she's about. This is a God who loves us and delights in us and who wants to be with us. Being chosen for who we are and what we bring to the table is a powerful act of love. God's like, I want you to be with me. This is the love that we need. Thanks be to God that he's loved you enough to say, let me journey with you. That's Christmas, church. That's Advent. God is with us and Christ is in us. And this is the hope that we need, the love that we need. Next week, we'll talk about the joy that we need and then Christmas Eve morning, the peace that we need. This is the way God has manifested himself to us that we might have the fullness of the kingdom of God and all that we were designed to be. Will you receive these things? Will you receive this? Have, will, you, will you receive his ransoming? Will you receive his adopting and live as a child of God? Will you receive his leading in these weeks coming up? And will you receive this reality that he loves you and wants to be with you and is present every step of the journey? May God minister to you that the depth of Christmas, the love of Christmas will dwell in your hearts through faith in Christ.